Wednesday, June 9th, Spencer Speaks Sports, hosted by Spencer Swoboda. And the first thing I want to talk about in this episode is kind of just put some emphasis on Simone Biles and her career up until this point, because I, I don't think this is getting enough recognition. Simone Biles goes out and wins her seventh national championship, uh, U.S. national championship, of course, and is now seven for seven when she competes in, in her pro or, or senior career. So seven gold medals, and th- this is just the all-around. So in the all-around competition, of course, incorporating all um, of the, the different routines, so vault, uneven bars, balance beam floor. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just insane what she's doing. And I would say, yes, the recognition of, of what she's doing is increasing. It's getting better, but it's definitely not. Uh, where it should be compared to other things in, in sport and i think you know hopefully when we when we get to the olympics here uh, a little bit later this summer that uh it'll be really emphasized and 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 she'll get a ton of attention especially based on how she how she um will do and i guess how she's projected to do you you would think but who knows just based on based on the past but i just want to go through pretty much all her um i guess significant competition accolades and it's just it's just insane i want to start with the u.s national championships and in and like i said in the all all around she's seven for seven with gold medals um and in 2017 she took the entire year off that was after the olympics took a time off. I think she was part of writing a book. Um, and of course, 2020 uh, was a COVID year, so she didn't compete then. So you have the vault, and this is at U.S. National Championships, six golds, one silver, uneven bars, one gold, one silver, two bronze, balance beam, five golds, two silvers, floor routine, five golds, two silvers. Now, let me go to the world championships. Now, she has competed in these five times. Uh, The missing years would be 2016 because the Olympics. And like I said, 2017 and 2020 um, because of the off year and then COVID. So all around five for five, all golds, of course. The vault, two golds, two silvers, one bronze. Uneven bars, one silver. Balance beam, three golds, two bronze. And then floor routine, she's five for five at the World Championships. And if you include the the team results, which I think four of the five years apply for that, those are four golds. If you add everything together, World Championships, 19 golds, three silvers, three bronze. And then if you want to include the 2016 Olympic Games, gold in the all-around, Gold in the vault, bronze in the balance beam, gold in the floor, and then the team gold as well. So it is just ridiculous how good her career is. Uh, and I think it's a good point in of making is that she is doing things that no other gymnast can do. And for some reason, it seems like she's getting penalized 
because because of that to kind of I guess level the playing field. So just consider that as another reason why she is just absolutely above her competition in things she absolutely excels at, like the all around, like the vault floor routine. Um, I know like the, the uneven bars are a little bit are, are on the, the weaker side of her thing, but she still is, is, I mean, still meddling in that, which is just, it's just crazy. Um, like, because you have, sometimes you do have those, those gymnasts who more or less specialize in a particular, particular event. And Simone Biles is good at absolutely all of them. And that's what shows in all of her all around medals. And Simone Biles seems to be better at what she does than anyone else doing what they do. Uh, yeah, it's just um, it's insane. I don't think she's ever going to get the credit that she deserves. It'll unfortunately probably be something that you know we're going to look back on in history or in in say I don't know twenty or thirty years and be like. And people are going to be like, wow, how did I not appreciate that when that was happening? Because Simone Biles truly is a once in a lifetime talent. And like I said, doing tricks that nobody else has done, having judges adjust her score, basically, I don't know, handicapping <laughs> the other competition. Um, it's just uh, ridiculous. And I, I think we, based on all, everything, all the, medals and and stuff i listed off like just just appreciate what simone biles is doing while it's still happening and, and she's she's still uh, um doing it at a very high level okay what were the other things i wanted to quickly um get to from the weekend that i didn't uh oh usa mexico uh, they played in the CONCACAF Nations League, and I don't know if that's a replacement of the CONCACAF Gold Cup or not. But anyway, it was USA versus Mexico for for a trophy, and I, you know, I think USA has definitely gotten better against Mexico over time. The start of the of this kind of historic rivalry was very rough for the United States, but I think they've been able to level the playing field against Mexico here, but uh, still, it's still a very tough opponent for the USA to play in Mexico. And it was just an absolutely uh, crazy match that occurred. And it's where you had like fans throwing bottles on the field to the players. And I mean, it's been, it's been covered a lot since everything went down and then the USA, uh, thankfully got the win with the uh the ballistic game winner there and and the game winning save as well from from um horvath there the uh the the backup goaltender because the uh the goaltender that was in there for the team went out with i don't know it looked like an upper leg muscle injury i'm not exactly sure but um saved that because uh mexico also had a penalty kick to to tie it up at three three in extra time, and it was it was denied, and the USA eventually uh, USA eventually goes on to win the match. And uh, what else happened? There was uh, one of the VAR, one of the the video reviews that was going down. The the, the Mexico manager goes and touches the um, 
official on yeah on the shoulders when he's reviewing it so he has to give him a red card um anything else like i said just like numerous players getting hit by cans and bottles getting thrown by the fans uh just uh yeah just ridiculous i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure there was um a check-in at the studio i think it was cbs that was that was doing the game uh, on one of the networks and uh as, as one of the networks doing it and um a fan ran up to the thing and, and then jumped off the the podium quickly it was there was that too so it was just an absolutely crazy uh soccer match but glad the united states won and i guess i'll touch on this real quick but uh the the mayweather floyd mayweather logan paul fight um just based on i mean it was pretty uneventful i think floyd dominated the fight once things really settled in it was an eight round three minute per round fight and um logan paul definitely came out swinging definitely missed on a lot of punches um but yeah i mean i it, it wasn't really anything too crazy um uh, i think floyd mayweather went in there got his money or I think it might have been a near a hundred million dollars like if i'm not mistaken um that i that could be completely wrong but um but yeah i think he still made a a, a large sum of money and of course so did logan paul uh and that's kind of how i view it it was more of a more of a running uh, money grab than it was a, a boxing match and uh it was it was kind of um it was kind of uh dumb not to have there be like you know scorecards at least or whatever but uh that's it was a true exhibition fight and then that's that's what went down so um it was i i it was super overhyped and um yeah i'm very very glad i mean i i don't think i was ever going to having any sort of itch to to buy that pay-per-view but um but yeah, I'm glad. I'm definitely glad I didn't do that. I was kind of surprised when I saw this, and it was about Ricky Fowler, who's a, a, a golfer, um, was the top American golfer at a, at a certain point here, recently, fairly recently, like within um, five or six years. And he did not qualify for the US Open which first of all I, I thought it was surprising that um that Fowler was in a position to where he had to do one of these these qualifying tournaments and he um did not qualify for the US Open which is just it's it's going to be crazy to to not see Fowler at least you know in the in the names uh in the in, in the uh, entry list there uh but yeah, he's just he's just struggled. Um, only two or three top tens since the start of 2020. Uh, what else? I mean, if you go through his world rankings, his year-end world rankings over the course of the recent years here, 2017 he was he finished seventh in the world. Then 2018 was 11th. 2019 23rd. 2020 was 53, and now he's currently 87th. Had a career high of world number four. So he just needs to find kind of like what Jordan Spieth had to do, just like really keep working at it. Um, even though 
he's been struggling and then and then hopefully you 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 find um what works and then um, have that ability to to get some type of resurgence back into your career and um like i said jordan spieth was able to do it and now it's it, we'll see if if fowler is able to do the same i think his last tournament win was the waste management open back in 2019 and that was like early 2019 that's that was around like super bowl time so february and uh so yeah it's been a little bit now like two and a half years without a without a pga tour victory so um yeah hopefully everything works out because he's a fun entertaining golfer to watch and it's a lot it's a person it's a golfer that a lot of people root for so you just yeah you just hope that he's able to somehow figure it out and, and get back to i mean not necessarily at the top of his game but get you know at least in like the, the top 50 in the world here and and get those automatic entries and, and start to put together good results um at the majors and you know just at, at typical pga events at this point okay the final thing is the french open and the women's semifinals are set and this is super surprising just uh, you know i i don't think anybody would have seen these two semifinal matches uh, happening and it's just yeah i mean i i don't know what what it was to, to make things like this i mean i just yeah, I, I, you know, just I guess just speechless of of how the how the draw turned out. But anyway, we're gonna have a first time major champion on the woman's side here, because uh, 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 Maria Sakari of Greece knocked out Iga Swiatek of, of Poland there, the defending French Open champion. And yeah, like I said, it's wide open. So it's Sakari versus. Um, Krejcikova of the the Czech Republic, and then Pavlchenkova, the 31 seed from Russia, playing Zdancheck, who's still making I don't know how, but still making it, her miracle run um, in this tournament. And she was from um, uh, Slovenia, so uh, just yeah, like I said, it's just, it's just um, th this draw completely opened up here and yeah we're at the semifinals and the highest seated players we have left is sakari at, at world number or seated at 17. pavlzhenkova uh was the world number 32 like i said seated at 31st uh uh well who else um Krechikova was i believe one of the top players who who weren't seated in this tournament so i mean she's played very well was able to get through um maybe the early troubles of having to play a seed and and zidanecek who i have i have no idea i I, re I really have no idea how she has made it this far um these four players had decent success on the clay leading up to this um but yeah i don't think i would have i think sakari was um I think Sakari, I did have her in the semifinals, but the, the other three, forget about it. Um, and yeah, so uh, let me just go through the this ranking improvement, I guess, from these players. So Sakari hasn't really improved, I guess, um, 
too much. She's kind of just held serve. And I think the, the, the um, people around her in the rankings are kind of separated fairly well. So you need to put a really good result to move up. So she's currently gone from 18th in the world to 17th based on the live rankings. If she makes it to the final, she'll be up to world number 14. If she wins the entire tournament, she'll be up to world number nine. Uh, Pavel Chenkova, current world number 32, has moved up to world number 22. If she makes it to the final, gets to be 18th in the world. If she wins the whole thing, 14th in the world. Um, Krejcikova, right behind Pavel Chenkova, 33 in the world, now up to 23. It makes it to the final 20th, wins it 15th in the world. And then Zidanecek, obviously the biggest mover probably out of anybody in in on the woman's side in the French Open, goes from world number 85, currently world 47. If she makes it to the final, she'll be world number 32, wins it all, world number 23. So if I had to give predictions, I, I mean, the way... Man, I don't know. The, the, the way that I, I would I would go Sakari, give her the slight edge over Krejcikova, and then give me Pavlchenkova over Zidanecek. So I'm going to go with the higher seeds here, though, as I mean, you know, at this point, going with the higher seeds hasn't hasn't really paid off too well. Bruins Islanders tonight in the Coliseum. Let's bring it back to the garden for game seven. Let's go.